0: Welcome to the Mind Money Spectrum Podcast, where your hosts,
1: Erin Ogti and Trishal Patel, go beyond traditional finance questions to help you explore how to use your money to achieve the freedom you want in life. My name is Aaron Ogti. I'm a financial advisor in the Bay Area. And I'm here with Trisha Patel, a wealth manager on the East Coast. Hey Aaron, great to be here today. And thanks everybody for
0: watching and listening.
1: Great to be here as well. So I thought we were done with our AI and robots are here series, but you and I just started arguing again and realized, you know we should probably record this, this argument. Um and this is kind of like what I, I think this one will be the end, because this is kind of uh, drawing out logical, I don't want to say conclusions, but like like how we apply our logic to certain premises and extending this out kind of as far as possible. And I'm going to admit this is less based in reality. I think we've discussed that pretty well so far and really going to be focused on kind of philosophies and thought exercises and trying like, what do some of the things that we agree on? What are the implications of that, especially as it comes to artificial intelligence to, to AI? So, uh, I am going to admit that Trishal's research is a little more scientifically sound, even though I disagree. My research is mostly based on movies as examples. So, uh, again. <laughs> acknowledging the premises, but I do think my philosophy is sound because that's what kind of like by definition, like a tautology, like, yes, I think what I think is right. (laughs) Um, But I think this is good. This is a good uh, way to go down this thought exercise. And I I use the movies more examples because they're really good ways for everyone to understand the point that I'm trying to make. So, Trisha, why don't you kind of take a few minutes, explain what your concerns are with AI in the long run.
0: Right, so we started this conversation earlier in the year. I I think what the premise for it was ChatGPT, this large language model, basically a really advanced chat robot came out towards the end of last year for public consumption. Uh, It was like version two and a half and then three quickly came out or three and a half by the time we were doing these conversations. And we started this whole discussion with how is this going to revolutionize things? And we quickly talked about, well, these are getting more advanced. We talked a little bit about consciousness and free will. I think that ended up being our first (laughs) conversation. But we we tried to pull this back into the financial planning space or the, the life planning space just talking about how it might be disruptive to have this type of technology that keeps getting better and better and how it might start impacting jobs and employment and creating new sources of wealth and stuff like that. So this all, you know, kind of flowed from that notion and we we did those episodes, but what kind of happened very soon after we released those initial three episodes that we, um, that we had recorded earlier in the year is ChatGPT came out with a new version, version 4.0. And as it turns out, that's a, that version is like an order of magnitude, even better. And this started to open up a lot of other concerns about, hey, th- this seems to be getting way too smart, very too quickly. And th- that led me down a rabbit hole of, oh, geez, th- there might be more to think about here than what we already discussed. So, you know, the the key bullet points of what we've already discussed are that, yeah, certainly uh, technology like this is going to make a lot of things easier, given that every individual could potentially have this chat interface where they can ask any question and they'll get it back. And in terms of what's the best understanding that humans currently know of, and they can use it for a variety of things. For example, they can use it to educate themselves, they can use it in medicine to figure out what's going on with themselves. You know, Again, these are not necessarily the current incarnations, but you can take a few leaps to understand how it might get there pretty soon. Uh, we even talked about the notion of how these things can start to code. And once it can start to code, it can provide a lot of benefit to software developers and stuff like that. Unlock basically massive amounts of wealth. On the planning side, what we kind of noticed is uh, similar to how like the internet led to massive amounts of wealth creation over the past generation, with a similar but perhaps even larger in magnitude amount of wealth will likely happen because of technologies like this. Now, what have happened over the last generation is most of that wealth ended up going in the pockets so of the business owners, right? The stockholders,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the average income. Or the average household has stayed stagnant, so th- there's no reason to believe that might not that'll change for the next generation. Basically, just more wealth will be created that'll get siphoned into the investors of these companies, the people who hold hold the shares, and the average share, the average household income will might even stay the same, just like it did over the last generation. But that's yeah. what, kind of where we left this conversation, so. One theme that we did discuss, though, is these chat robots are getting more and more generalized. They're, they're becoming more and more um, powerful. And the, the concept that is coming to light is this notion of AGI, so Artificial General Intelligence. It's a loosely defined term that kind of says there's this kind of tipping point where if the AI gets smarter in terms of generalized intelligence than a human and it knows how to teach itself, there's this kind of runaway effect where it's just going to keep getting smarter and smarter. And that kind of changes everything. So I think that's part of where this conversation today is going to lead to just because that's what has been um, circulating more heavily, given the, the latest release of ChatGPT4. And then the realization that, you know, five could be just around the corner and, we're not talking about little upgrades here. We're talking about orders of magnitudes of change very quickly.
1: Okay. Uh so I want like I think that's the first thing to to think about that that if ChatGPT or the AI can teach itself, which is also significantly faster than any human can learn. And this it starts growing on this path of generalized intelligence that is exponentially greater than either any human or all of humanity what does that mean right so
0: it it can go a few ways right what it might mean um and it's hard even to say in the long run because we're talking about exponentially this can all happen so quickly so You know, we'll call it the long run, but that could be anywhere from, you know, 10 to 100 to, you know, 1,000 years, something like that. All of that is a a blink in the, you know, whole magnitude of things when you consider, you know, age of the universe, age of Earth, age of humans even, right? Okay, so in in the long run, air quotes, well, I can do that now, (laughs) (laughs) in the long run. Yeah. If you have something that's accelerating, there's this big concern that once it surpasses humans, it can start making decisions where you might not really understand why it's making those decisions. And there could also be a point where it starts making decisions that aren't in the best interest of humans. So that this is where one of the fundamental fears comes in. It's known as the alignment problem. And the idea behind that is, how do we know the AIs that are far more powerful than us or align with our well-being? And if they're not, boy, are we in trouble because they're a lot smarter than us and they can control everything around us. So what happens to humans then?
1: Okay, so I think you first kind of discussed so I guess, okay, my counter was kind of it's like the morality incentive part of it. It's like it, you you would kind of say like this could mean the end of all humans. Like AI could kill all humans. And yeah. our quick example is they just launched every nuclear device because they take over the computers and so they, they launched. But like my first kind of like why would AI want – to risk humanity like like where what's where is any incentive for ai to kill any human Uh, like like or or to damage like why does this growth of intelligence affect the kind of risk humanity right
0: well okay a, a few things one this may not be guaranteed but there might be a risk call it one in a billion, one in a million, one in 10,000, who knows, right, right now. So it's quite possible there's a greater than zero risk. That might even be something we can just agree off the bat on, right? Okay. Okay, right, and so then what is that risk? Obviously, that's something that should be considered, but in terms of why, let's talk about the alignment problem in a little more detail. So there's two components to the alignment problem, and I'll define both. The first component is something known as inner alignment. And the second component is known as outer alignment. So inner alignment is when you have an AI, it's trying to optimize things. It it has some sort of objective that it's trying to maximize. And what it tries to do is it tries to come up with ways to push that objective forward. And the notion with this inner alignment problem is it's hard to see that the ai is doing exactly what you want it to do because you have to spell it out in such a way that there aren't edge cases where it over optimizes on the thing you're telling it to do and it leads to unintended consequences so you have to be aware of all of these things if it's going to go off for example you know with capitalism for example the notion of a capitalist society is to maximize shareholder value for and um,
1: increase wealth for individuals, right? And okay, well, so, I, I, yep. Is it, this is actually a, a fair distinction, like because I agree with in, unintended consequences, but I think the point of capitalism is you are creating incentives for ingenuity and creation and invention. Right. That any individual who can provide some outsized benefit to society, they are financially rewarded for that.
0: Yeah, and the free market is supposed to handle pushing this um, capitalistic notion forward, right? It's supposed to burn out inefficiencies and create this sort of optimal growth trajectory.
1: However, businesses fail, good businesses thrive. Right. Society benefits
0: yeah however there could be unintended consequences for example if a business is trying to optimize their profit motive they might not care that they're polluting right for example Mm, and the pollution may get to a point where it destroys the planet you know i'm saying may right this is an unintended consequence because it's not fully built into a winner-take-all type of model That's why there might be regulation, which is not entirely capitalistic, right? It's a balance against the full capitalism. That's why we have these types of checks and balances in place. Instead of just optimizing on this one thing, we have to put in these kind of fail safes because there could be these other network effects to consider.
1: And the old-fashioned ones, like, this is why laws against monopolies exist, that it it was Mm – I don't want to say too easy, but we saw specific examples of wealth being concentrated too, uh, too small or t- among too few people. And so uh, the U.S. government already has anti-monopoly laws in place.
0: Right. And it's you know kind of like the foundation for a progressive tax system, right? The, the yeah. notion that you, you want to make sure the playing field doesn't get too unleavened, even though it's against the fundamental rules of capitalism where yeah. you wouldn't have all of that. So yeah, so the, you have all of these checks and balances that you have to put in if you're optimizing on something that should, in theory, be beneficial. And the notion here is with anything you optimize on, you can't just pick a parameter and let it run with, because there's going to be these consequences that you need to consider. So that the, the same is likely true with this inner alignment notion, meaning if you figure out what you want the AI to do, you need to ensure that it's doing that without leading to these unintended concerns. Mm -hmm. And the concern is you can't exactly know what those unintended concerns are (laughs) because it's hard to predict all of these things. It could just go off and start doing these things that it thinks are in the best interest of the optimization strategy, but it could be leading to all of this pollution in the background that may not be even visible until it's too late. So that's part of this inner alignment concern. And the tr- tricky part there is it's hard to interrogate the AI and you know, say, um, you know, here's the thing that I want you to align on. Are you specifically doing this perfectly? You, it's hard to ask that type of question. And mm-hmm. that this is a, a part of where a lot of our understanding needs to come into play. For example, it, you can think of it like a black box, like another human. You can tell a human, this is what I want you to do, and it can nod and say, yeah, I'm going to go off and do it. But, And you can ask it, are you really going to do it? You know, exactly, right? But there's some uncertainty there, right? But the tricky part here is that human is 10 times smarter than you. So it's, it's, it can open up these types of concerns with inner alignment.
1: Okay, so uh, yep. you're saying an AI could effectively lie to to humans.
0: It could, because it might think that it's lying because it's trying to optimize something and if it tells you the truth, it won't be able to optimize that thing as well as it could if it told you the truth.
1: Okay. Okay, so here's my, my, my first movie example. Um, when I thought of uh, World War Z, and there's a line, I believe it's Israel had built this wall around the city, and like, how did you predict this And they went down this path of, like, we were so concerned about every possibility. Like you said, like the the Batman versus Superman thing. Like, there's a 1% chance of it happening. We have to treat it like it could happen. So they were prepared for this extremely unlikely event. And here, I'm thinking, like, why can't we have other AIs that are optimizing on preserving humanity? Or at the very least, stopping other... AIs from accidentally harming humans, where it's, I I would think it's almost like the uh, um, because the accidentally hurting humans is almost like a byproduct of this AI, AI1 is optimization. But it's because the byproduct is not the primary function. AI2, the primary function is making sure that those byproducts don't harm humans. So I feel like that, mu- if there's kind of similar levels of intelligence between two AI systems, then the one who's optimized for that priority would probably outweigh the like. I don't know if if, if AIs can think it's of like time and energy spent kind of thing, but they're spending more time and energy preserving it, whereas the AI one is not spending as much time and energy harming humans they're doing it on this other thing that it's optimizing for.
0: Well, okay, so the, let's talk about, let's pull in the outer alignment concern into this because the, this okay. touches on what you just mentioned. So we, we mentioned the inner alignment issue, and that's um, you have something that you want it to do, how do you know it's doing that thing, right? Yeah. And it's not causing other issues. That's inner alignment. An,
1: unintended con- consequences I want to say are likely, but that they, they are like, we can't predict them, and they happen all the time, but We don't know if, if we don't know what they could be. We can't like, that's why they're unintended. Like we cannot make any viable prediction of how this would work out.
0: Sure. Yeah. So that's inner alignment. So outer alignment is the concern of, well, first of all, we got to decide what that whole optimization um, parameter is. Like, what are we trying to optimize here? And we as a humanity need to all agree on that. For example, like you just said, don't harm other humans might be one of those parameters. But as you can imagine, there's a few issues with that. One, you got to get the whole planet to agree on these other things we care about. You can imagine how hard that is. Some There might be low-hanging fruit, but there's plenty of things that, that there's so much gray in all this that we, we just don't agree on a lot of things. So the, the concern there is... Well, don't harm in what way, right? Uh, don't harm financially, or don't don't harm emotionally, don't harm religiously, right? So, I, yeah. I, all of these things need to actually be hammered down before you can even think about the inner alignment problem, because you got to figure out what do you want to optimize here. So. Getting the entire planet to agree about here are the core ethics and morality concerns that we want to instantiate within every single AI on the planet is the outer alignment problem.
1: Okay, so that's like the the iRobot imprisoning humanity to preserve humanity. <laughs> right. Yeah, stop punching yourself. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Okay, so that, that could be an unintended consequence of AI, too, in my example.
0: Right. So, so the, the concern with, with the outer alignment is, yeah, how do we get all of us on the entire planet, every single one of us, to agree these are the core principles and these core principles cover all of the things that could potentially go wrong, you know, that, that we want the AI to understand. So that's the outer alignment, right? And the inner alignment is taking all those principles and actually getting the AI to follow them.
1: Okay, okay. So, I guess I, I'm I'm trying to think about that idea of probabilistically thinking, like future paths as that like the most likely thing to happen versus that non-zero worst-case scenario percent chance, mm-hmm. and it's like. Um. even if we can't get all of society to agree, could enough uh, like this is it's it's almost like a cold like a, I don't want to say a cold war situation where it's like we're, we're, we're we're not, it's not humans versus humans using AIs as tools. I think that that's different. It's, like you said, it's humans not being able to agree on the morality. Where, uh, let's say for this exercise, like, for all intents and purposes, humans on the planet agree we're not going to try to harm each other. We have we have this mutual incentive not to uh, not to harm each other. Okay, it's a it's a, well, the war games first actor thing. It's like it's like okay, and like as long as neither of us start, then we're fine. So so all humans kind of agree we're trying not to harm each other, and they are kind of aligned in this idea of not letting AI kill everyone or harm everyone? I guess, so first, like, do do you understand and or is that an acceptable premise or is there like something else that I'm missing there?
0: Well, here's the tricky part. For example, all humans would probably agree upon that. You know, let's create a society or a a planet where we all can't harm each other. However, a lot of us are going to say, but we still want the ability to we still want the
1: nukes, right?
0: <laughs> we still want the AI that could do that, but we won't do it. It is where we are right now, for example, with nuclear proliferation. And, you know, the, the corner that we're in is, well, that basically means enough superpowers have nukes to destroy the whole planet. But, you know, the analogy here is these aren't nukes, these are AIs, and it's not only the superpowers that have it every single human has a dozen of them
1: okay so so we're, we're there's so that so i think it's again it's different than i think it's different than the the nuclear proliferation because it's not humans using ai as a tool to harm other humans and it's humans not be able to agree on how to pre- to prevent like the outer alignment of ai so like, that's why i say it's it's not ai as the tool it's ai as the enemy or opponent kind of thing
0: well the, you know the, there's a couple issues here one is how are you going to make every human agree to abide by the rules of the okay so, outer yes, alignment.
1: That's a, i think that's, a, that's a, a separate but important issue
0: Right, so that that's thing one. right? if no, if I, if the entire planet isn't going to agree to this, then what's the point, right? Then you're you're
1: coming well, back. So I do wonder if like if if you can have again more more uh investigative, like good actor humans and AI technology resources like you just you have more of them against fewer suicidal terrorists ai like align aligned like like, could that the like could just the more outweigh the few as they that that is humans using ai as as tools that that is yes
0: you can kind of think about it as the planet is this organism with like an immune system, right and the good AIs are trying to fend off any other bad AIs from infiltrating you know the immune system. yeah, and if the bad AIs infiltrate too much, then planet or organism ends, right, and if not, then it's a con- it, the battle isn't over. it just continues in perpetuity. Okay, so... So you you never eradicate every possible concern. You just deal with whatever you're dealing with plus a step or two ahead beyond that.
1: Which I I think was my kind of original point. It's like AI isn't going to create a utopia and isn't going to destroy the world. It's going to feel... A lot like the world is now It's just really, really messy, it, but it's a different kind of messy in a different way, and there'll be other unintended consequences. But it's the 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 ATMs cre- making bank tellers more valuable because they had higher level services. It's uh, Star Trek being able to explore the galaxy because they didn't need to spend time creating food. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's, um, I have one more movie, but I lost it. But but it's it's that uh, it's oh it it is the the horses, um, it's the horse manure in New York City being replaced by cars, and so like there's, I don't think this is either utopia or end of the world, but I I think it's just a another tool that probably, unfortunately contributes to wealth inequality for uh, like widening. Uh,
0: So I I think the step beyond that is the notion that again, when you reach AGI, it turns into a little bit of a different beast or a lot of it, of a different beast where you have something like, for example, you kind of know what you're dealing with day in and day out, because there's only so much humans can do in terms of uh, their breadth of creation and destruction. Right? There's a somewhat amount of limit based upon the rules that we already have in society. But with, with AGI, you have something that um, you know is connected to every other piece of electronic device in the world it can you know code and break and decrypt and all of the things all the security measures that we have in place it can manipulate and you know target and do all of these things surreptitiously, and it can basically outsmart the defenses that we have in place today but even if it, it we are able to stop it today what does that mean for tomorrow we have to basically be continually ahead of the curve, but at some point we're not going to be able to make those decisions. It's going to be beyond our capacity to not only react quickly enough, but to even come up with the decisions themselves, because we're playing, you know, a game of 3d chess where, you know, the AIs are playing 5d chess with each other. So we're we're kind of out of the loop in terms of what we can do to, um, you know, come up with a feasible path forward. So with the alignment problem, the is if the AI, just one AI on the planet, again, there could be billions of these, but if just one AI decides to go rogue and is able to do enough damage such that it does enough before it's detected, it could lead to catastrophic results. And this isn't a definite. This is a probability above zero. But you know, you know, let's say there's a one in a billion chance for any given AI, and there's a billion AIs. You know, these probabilities can <laughs> get get to one with enough time, pretty quickly. So
1: someone's gonna win the lottery. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. So I guess it's it's two, two things. One is I guess it's kind of like can we or should we be doing something about this, or are people already working on this, which I I, I think they are, and like and or two, if this is something outside of our control. Do we need to like worry about it? Do we need to spend any like mental <laughs> energy like thinking about this kind of thing? Like, All right? Does that, does that make sense? Uh,
0: I, I can put a w- w- movie reference here. What? Don't look up. Uh, you remember yes, that one? Yes. Yes. <laughs> is that apropos? To, <laughs> maybe we should just do anything.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's actually like there, there's um. We should probably put the premise out there <laughs> the movie. uh but no that, that's actually good because because it's it's um there was a there's a stage where they could have done something and didn't right and that's the kind of uh allegory of don't look up to current society and then there's the stage where they can't do anything. And so they accept it.
0: Right. So um, l- let me do this. Here we go. Ready? Uh, where is my window?
1: Okay. okay. Whoops. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> what, what, what are we spoiling? Is this don't look up? well yeah right right we're, okay. we're gonna talk about it okay
0: <laughs> okay so don't look up the, the premise uh, i just flashed a spoiler alert oh th-
1: this, is, this is not as like a clip for the movie no. it's just you <laughs> telling everyone that that we're watching that it's gonna be a big spoiler we're gonna spoil don't look up right okay i got, I got it now <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so... Okay, the, spoiler the, alert. Right. The
0: the premise of, of the movie is y- you have an asteroid that's barreling down on Earth, and we've detected it, and we have enough technology to stop it, but there's a lot of bureaucratic issues yeah. getting in the way of actually stopping it. And essentially, we come up with a plan to stop it, and everything's going well, but then more bureaucracy gets in the way. And at the same time, 90% of the population is just kind of being complacent because they realize they're... Um, basically, um, not able to affect any change individually, and they hope the leaders will handle it. So they're kind of hands off, and the leaders have their own bureaucratic issues that they're dealing with. So the end of the story is, yeah, they could is, have done something.
1: It, if I remember correctly, isn't it like uh, um, the donors to the president are the ones who like, hey, we want to be the ones who build the rocket. The government's going to pay us for this. Uh, so, like, don't use a international conglomeration. Like, no, you have to use our company to to build the rocket that saves the world.
0: Right, yeah. It, it's basically similar to the capitalism notion, right? There's these capitalistic interests that are very self-serving, saying, hey, if I get a little bit of this, you know, save the planet money, I'll be a lot better off. Worst case, the planet blows up, but hey, I might be richer if I, I can, you know, fill my own pockets first. And, yeah. and that's you know, kind of true from a greedy perspective for a bunch of humans in, in the decision-making authority in the movie. Uh, and the end result is too many poor decisions get made and the asteroid hits the planet and destroys everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so in, in this situation, we're, we're likely at a point that maybe we can do something, but we, we could, in theory, just say, hey, th- th- we're kind of screwed anyway and throw our hands up, you know, thing one.
1: Mm-hmm
0: and then we could say hey i'm relegating my authority to the decision making powers so let them figure it out and you know you can imagine how hard it is for you know our congress or our political legislator to even keep up with the change in technology over the last 40 years where things were moving at a measured pace now imagine how it might be when things are moving at an even greater pace you know what if somebody write to this convince Congress to give the AI all legislative power (laughs) or something like that. And it individually targets each congressman based upon what it thinks it can do to influence them. You know, for example, getting this congressman to agree because he's going to get all this special interest money and so on, tipping the scales by eight or 10 congressmen could make that decision happen. And now AI is in control of you know, okay, law so, authority in the US. I, you know, this is just a small. Well, you know,
1: but because it's, it's, I think that's, it's a, a crimson tide problem where even if the AI says launch the nukes, humans can still apply judgment and choose, no, I don't think we're supposed to follow those instructions. And, but you're using, you're saying that it's not that the AI will go in and like, I, I could see like they messing up the stock market kind of thing because so much of that is computer controlled, but you're saying that they're going to y- use current systems to influence legislators in a way that may not be predictable.
0: Uh, that's just one out of a myriad examples of how this could play out, but, or, or call it a myriad, right? But I- in that example, it's using, you know, like social engineering and, you know, incentives and motivation and stuff like that all that we realize ai's can already control right a big part of um the concern with the social media um r- outrage over the last decade or so is what we saw playing out is unintended consequences the ai's for our social media were designed to increase engagement they were saying yeah it's engagement and what they ended up doing is the ai's realized hey if i make people angry they get more engaged didn't care that it makes people angry no yeah. but it did increase engagement so more money flowed to those companies did the companies really want to make people angry no right but the ais didn't care again it was just told to increase engagement and that's what it did so it's one of those things where if they, we tell the AIs, don't harm any humans, and the AIs realize, hey, if there's no humans, nobody gets harmed, right? <laughs> <laughs> problem solved. Again, that's an easy one to figure out. But my point is, there are billions of other things that we aren't going to easily figure out that we need to stop as well to stop the alignment problem. So, so back to the original you know, don't look up analogy. Um, it, it, it could get to a point where, yeah, you have this effect of, what are you going to do? Let's just sit back and let it happen. Here's what's happening currently. For example, uh, there was this open letter that was sent out after ChatGPT came out calling for a pause in AI research until we figure out more of this alignment stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the issue right now is we've actually got very good I figuring out how to make AI better. Okay. We got very good at figuring out how to make them more powerful. However, we're trailing very far behind on the alignment concern on what's actually going on under the covers. You know, an analogy there is we can use our human brains very well to do things, but do we, we have a really basic understanding of what's going on actually inside the brain. It's like a black box. We can interrogate it a little bit, right? By getting these pictures and MRIs and stuff like that. But we don't really know what's inside there. And similar to that is what's going on in these AIs. We can interrogate it, right? We can ask it questions and get responses back. But it's getting harder or it's very hard to understand what's going on under the covers. And back to the simple thing of, hey, is it even telling you the truth? You can't ask it that question you can't just say let me know because you never know what's really going on underneath so okay
1: so, um, cuz the open letter I think is 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 a really good point because my first my thought before that was not necessarily relying on the government because that does tend to be too slow but on the trust in humanity of the creators i guess i say uh like I think they don't want to destroy the planet. So, and I think that they are doing a pretty good job of being able to imagine some of these things. But like you said, if it gets to a capitalist society, we have multiple companies trying to get the first, like next level of AI, because there is a first mover advantage to being Kleenex or Xerox. And the capitalistic nature might get in the way of that that pause. It, it's the the Jurassic Park, like the, uh, they're so preoccupied whether or not they can do it that they're not pausing to see if they should do it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you can imagine the, the goal of the, the companies is to increase shareholder value. Even though you might have very thoughtful people in charge of those divisions, at the end of the day, they need to make a decision, how much do we allocate on advancing the AI and how much do we allocate on
1: AI
0: safety, right? Quality so, assurance.
1: So okay, I'm gonna. I reading this thing might be bad podcasting, but I think it's worth it's worth the discussion, because um, uh, this is uh, something a friend sent me. It's from Matt Levine of Bloomberg, trying to explain the funding structure for uh, OpenAI, the creator of ChatGPT from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, I think it's 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 one indication of what you're what you're talking about like of of not necessarily trying to maximize shareholder value um uh so this is in step order the aspirations of a person starting a business probably goes something like this in the beginning owner makes negative money has to put her own money into it paying expenses doesn't make any money any revenue two business starts bringing money costs her less to run it three business starts fully covering its costs four business starts covering costs and paying out some of the profits to its owner she can use money to pay off credit card bills, buy groceries. Five. Business starts paying its owner more, now buy a nicer house, put her kids through college. Six. Business starts paying more. Now she uses money for yachts, sports teams, and children's document and her kids' documentary films. Seven, Business starts paying even more. At some point, she runs out of possible consumption activities. At this point, it's traditional for the owner to devote herself to philanthropy. Profits of business go to fund good cause that she chooses. In capital society, when we create uh, shareholders, uh that's where so this is a model of that company that goes public when companies go public the shareholders because there are always kind of more shareholders than yachts it's kind of a public company has this unlimited capacity for growth Uh, 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 like uh, unlimited appetite for growth we're always trying to uh maximize shareholder profits and so, besides so I said, infinite appetite for profit because one owner can have one yacht, but hundreds of thousands of owners can't have hundreds of thousands of yachts. Well, maybe it may need more. So what OpenAI is doing with Microsoft is Microsoft invests ten billion dollars, and OpenAI is going to put a cap on the profit sharing. I think OpenAI pays back Microsoft 75% of the profits until its initial investment is made. And then 49% of the profits after that, up to a cap of, I think, 20% per year, starting in 2025. Um, And so it's the idea of, of, it is possible to both satisfy the investors and this, I think, is a sign of the constraint. Um, the the funny thing is, like, at the very end, uh, and then opening his eyes, open AI's AI, being intelligent, reads the contracts, does financial analysis, bides its time, takes over the world 20 minutes before Microsoft gets its cap return. So <laughs> it, it was, like, I, I think it's a good sign that they... They are they are the open AI, the company, is thinking of things like this. Maybe not this conversation we're having, but trying to understand okay, we want to kind of place our own regulation, our own cap on profit and capitalism to hopefully create this scenario where we can pause.
0: Yeah, I mean, so a couple of things. If I recall correctly, when OpenAI was started, it, it began as a nonprofit initiative, meaning the goal wasn't to generate profits at all. And then yeah. they have since shifted to this notion of fixed profit, right? The, the idea that cap, cap, okay, we'll make caps, profit, process, but we'll, yeah. we'll cap it. <laughs> we we'll, won't we'll yep. make. It's not the end all, be all. So it's like this middle ground, right? This um, not fully capitalistic, not fully nonprofit. Good. Right. Sure. But a couple of things, you got all these other capitalistic companies out there, what to say all, you know, all of them are going to stick with what they're doing or switch over. There's no incentive for Google to turn to fixed profit, for example. And the other thing is every company is going to have to decide how much do I allocate towards making the AI better versus making it safer making it better will increase profits right safety is one of those things that it's like the redheaded stepchild right it doesn't get the the full attention it deserves because nobody really cares until things go bad right and the shareholders have a short mindset they, they care about the good the good good the good and they'll like to blame you when things get bad but you know the internal stakeholders the decision holders and the companies they're going to have to decide how much do they put, you know put into effect for making things better versus making things safer, and that's a tough line to balance, right? Currently, it's, every
1: time you open your password manager, there's a and have to go two-factor authentication. There's a spectrum between convenience and security. Sure, if you right? want to be—it's really inconvenient to be really secure.
0: Yeah, and, and we know all businesses need to make this type of decision. Uh, you know, the, the concern here, though, is the stakes can be higher when you're dealing with something that the unintended consequence of not handling AI safety well is humans get, uh, disappear or, you know, something like that. So, for example, th- there's a couple of concerns here. One is every company that puts out AI has to devote something to AI safety. How are you going to get every single company on the planet? To devote enough resources to AI safety, and how are you going to stop any AI from getting out there that might be safe, but from becoming jailbroken, right? Turning those safety checks off. Mm. So, many by, by
1: itself, thing?
0: Well, <laughs> there's many things, right? Because you can jailbreak, you know, like your phone and stuff like that, or your oh. all all these different types of equipment that aren't supposed to be unlocked right there humans like figuring out things how do you yeah. unlock features that are locked up well for example the ai right now that you get with chat GPT 3 and 4 it can do a lot of damage but it's been purposely um locked up and constrained so that it doesn't give you the answer to things that are potentially harmful but you gotta have those locks in place on every single ai Right. And you have to make it so those locks can't be broken by any single AI. The other thing is, again, all of these companies need to agree. Like wh- when does every company on the planet agree on all of these concerns regarding inner and outer alignment for any product? Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> it, it's a big problem. And here's the issue with the slowdown specifically. The concern here is, okay, you're, you're going to rely on the good companies to slow down? What what about the, <laughs> the bad companies, <laughs> right? <laughs> Are they going to slow down, right? And if you slow down, as you mentioned, Aaron, you're going to need the good AIs to fight the bad AIs. So can you really slow down?
1: Uh, okay, so... I was, I was much more optimistic coming into the conversation. Because um, I, 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 I guess it's, I'm less concerned about AI destroying the world or, or killing all humans. I am much more concerned about the capitalistic, individualistic nature of any human. It, it's a, it's a, a prisoner's dilemma problem. It's like people have to mutually agree to restrict themselves for the benefit of everyone, including themselves, mm-hmm. when it is really easy to make a decision to advance themselves individually, even if they are – because they don't know that they're hurt in the long run.
0: Yeah, it's – Definitely a prisoner's dilemma problem. You know, the notion is, we can end up in a spot where everybody's doing something that's in the best interest for themselves, but, and and everybody's not incentivized to make any changes. However, those decisions end up being entirely non-optimal, not optimal to the point where it hurts everybody.
1: Yeah, because I came in like thinking like I, I couldn't. I mean, it's like of course I can't predict or come up with anything because that's the point of unintended consequences. But but I couldn't get the translation from AI optimization to any incentive for harming humans. And I remember you making a comment like, if if we are the ants to AI's humanity, it's like they're not trying to hurt. Ants, they just don't care,
0: right? Yeah, like for example, there are more ants on the planet than humans, even by biomass, right? If you put two scales, right, ants will weigh more than humans um, by mass alone. And you know, when humans go out to make a home, you know, when you when your home was made, Aaron, the, the contractor came out, did his survey. Did he really care about the ants, or did he just bulldoze over billions and billions of ants because?
1: You just didn't care. Yeah, but I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that helps my argument or hurts writing. because Like, there's still more ants than humans. Doesn't matter. <laughs> right? um, but it's like uh, ants as a. I don't know what the, like. Is there a word for like humanity? Like all the ants collectively. Uh, the they're still thriving i guess i'd say they are right
0: now they're not an issue for us right if they ever were and we could snap our fingers and all ants would disappear then they're, they're, here's another mosquitoes right here's another example um we can't actually we we're learning to genetically engin- engineer mosquitoes so they don't spread malaria you know for example we're reluctant to genetically engineer mosquitoes so that um, all mosquitoes die because that can have ripple effects to the ecosystem. However, let's say we solve that problem and we realize, hey, we figured out how to get rid of all mosquitoes and not affect the ecosystem. All we have to do is push this red button.
1: Okay. Okay, so I, I guess... How do we trust that we solve that we won't harm the ecosystem?
0: Well, we're optimizing on where the AI's here, (laughs) we're optimizing on things that we think we are confident in. Okay. So I guess like, uh, here's how we do it. We do it in one area, right? And we say, Hey, no ecological damage for the next hundred years. Great. Let's try it in another area. Okay. Let's do it everywhere. Right, you know, something like that. Okay. Hey, we we killed off all humans in Florida. Nothing bad happened. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Forty dots to go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, That's interesting. So, like, you're saying, like, kills all humans in Florida. Okay, now humans will try and defend themselves, but it's way too late at that point. Oh, yeah,
0: of course. Wait, too late. Well, okay, here's another concern, right? But wait, there's more. <laughs> we talked about nuclear weapons, right, and how there's humans in the path, and it helps. So I just pulled up this article, We'll was shared, of course, in the show notes. But basically... This is the list of nuclear close calls, meaning there have been many cases where it, good thing we had a human there to stop things like this from happening. And I don't know if I should even pull off any of these at random because they're kind of hard to read, but okay, let, let's take this one. I'm just gonna read it in real time. I've not read it yet. Uh, 9th of November, 1965, the command center of the Office of Emergency Planning went on full nuclear alert after a massive power outage in the northeastern United States. Several nuclear bomb detectors used to distinguish between regular power outages and power outages caused by a nuclear blast near major U.S. cities malfunctioned due to circuit areas, creating the illusion of a nuclear attack. So that's one example of where (laughs) our checks and balances, somewhere in the command line, we thought there was a nuclear war going on. And this is uh, maybe a dozen it, cases of this happening in with just nuclear weapons alone. Now, the issue here is you have three superpowers with a couple, uh, maybe 10, 20,000 nukes. What happens when you have every human being a superpower and they each have their own arsenal of nukes here, right? I recall one, one of these, I don't know which one it is, but there was a situation where I, I think the Russians were in a submarine and they got the nuclear missile warnings and the person with his hand on the button chose not to push the button simply because he thought the situation wasn't feasible, right? That's why mm-hmm. we didn't have a big nuclear disaster because one human chose to override the chain of command.
1: That was the, the premise of Crimson Tide. Okay. Or maybe it was
0: no, It wasn't the movie, though. I remember okay. one of these Um being illustrated, but it, these are examples that can, or that did happen, right? Where we came so close, where we had all of these checks and balances and luckily 12 for 12, <laughs> <nothing> <laughs> how how much do we want to push this year, right? And again, that's what just nukes. It's a whole different game when you have this potential concern um, ubiquitous. So the, it, it's, it feels like, yeah, we could have humans, but yeah, is that even close to being enough?
1: Uh, again, I, I think it like it's like the Avengers Two Ultron thing. It's like, no, we need Jarvis, the AI, to save us from Ultron AI.
0: Yeah, no, that that that, that might be part of it, but and yeah. It, Yeah, in Avengers, that's just two AIs, right? Just with with two people. What if one person says, hey, I don't like Jarvis? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) let me be in charge today. The the example I put forward is, for example, in, in the US, we have this horrible issue with mass shootings in schools and stuff like that, where you have essentially like teenagers or, you know, grade schoolers killing other grade schoolers because these teenagers that they haven't fully you know developed yet they, they they don't really understand the full consequences of their actions and they're perfectly okay sacrificing their own lives to take out a dozen other kids right to get points in in their mind And w- what happens when every teenager of the planet has the capability to not get an AR15 but to get something like this where they can do far more damage for far less, uh, intrusion and not even sacrifice their own life in in the you know initially or maybe they do and they don't even care how do you stop that happening on a global scale
1: and, and again I, I do think it's it's more computer resources again i don't know how like how to quantify like if the time energy spent by one ai is that greater than another one but like if you ha- if you have more of that trying to stop it would that work Assu- I, I guess we're kind of assuming they are uh like equally intelligent i don't know like that that's been like one of the premises like every ai that we there's lots of them but they're all equally intelligent
0: well it, even with us and the the mass shootings we're all equally intelligent we can't stop it well, why haven't we stopped it? Like, what, what what's going on? Why can't we stop this problem where we don't even have the super intelligence yet?
1: Um, I guess it it, it, if I, it feels like the not a threat to humanity kind of, kind of problems where it's like, oh, it's just Florida. <laughs> everyone, everyone else is fine. Right. I, I,
0: isn't it like the second leading cause of death now for like kids I, I think it's,
1: it's. I think it might be the leading cause of death among kids or something like that.
0: Right. Just, just not a big deal, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. so the, it, there's so many things that are causing damage out there that are hard problems that we're not even close to solving. And this is far harder than any of those problems.
1: So, I guess it's almost... I think it's like a... Like you said, like, the scale of the universe kind of thing. It's like... Almost when I almost want to say, like, an an evolutionary problem where throughout all of human history, everything has worked out because of some other new technology technological change that has solved past problems. And... I kind of tend to continue to believe in that optimism, but human history is only a few thousand years old, right? And uh, like, are, are, are these getting to an intelligence that would take humanity hundreds of thousands, millions of years to get to because the universe is easily billions of years old. So yeah, like, like I, I wonder, it, at ha- like at what point does it kind of like, break even? Like, oops, no, no longer can just rely on human ingenuity. Like, not a single human, but like all of humanity, kind of thing.
0: Right. So but there's a couple of trajectories here, but it's probably worth introducing the the Fermi paradox. So the, the, the Fermi paradox is any, um, the way civilization goes is it just starts advancing, right? And it has a small growth that turns exponential over time. And technology follows that exponential pattern and um, basically advancement will continue indefinitely. And just a small growth rate leads to basically tremendous amounts of growth in a very short time. So like a 2% GDP growth means if we continue this for like 100,000 years, we'll have enough um, humans and enough colonization of, you know, the entire uh, galaxy, something like that, right? It Mm -hmm. takes a very short amount of time with exponential growth to do that. A a quick example is, for example, bacteria double twice uh, or once every hour, right? And if you take a number that doubles every hour, there will be more bacteria than the amount of atoms in the planet in like a week or a month or something like that, some very short amount of time. Right. So that, that, that's the trajectory we're on right now. And the Fermi paradox is, well, if everything follows that, how come we don't see intelligence all over the universe? Because the moment you get past the tipping point, you're spread across your entire galaxy in a very small amount of time. Therefore, the entire universe should be full and teeming with life. If it just happens in one place, it can spread all over very quickly. Yet we see nothing. And, you know, the the paradox, one answer to the paradox is there's these notion of great filters in place. For example, when you have this bacteria doubling, well, obviously the entire planet isn't made of bacteria because there's these checks and balances in place that, chops these exponential curves and keeps them in check. This happens with all populations, right? They have this growth cycle until they they reach a tipping point and then they, they go back down. And we're on that growth cycle right now for humans. But yeah, so part of the Fermi paradox is, or one answer to it is there's these great filters that civilizations and intelligence needs to go through, these checkpoints where it could be that a there's enough great filters or that there's um enough intensity in each great filter to stop life from ever getting to this ubiquitous place where it takes over a galaxy and for you know some great builders might be it's very hard to just get life going from non-life right that might be one another one might be it's very hard to go from unicellular life to multicellular life it took the planet over a billion years to make that transition Another big one might be it's very hard to go from multicellular life to like intelligent life. Right? It, intelligent yeah. life just showed up on this planet a couple million years ago. And then another great filter might be, well, it takes it's very hard for intelligent life not to destroy itself very quickly. <laughs> so that's what the one that we might be dealing with now. You know, the, the ultimate great filter might be once intelligence gets to the point, it accelerates to the point where it just destroys itself. And, and that might be the answer, a potential answer to the Fermi paradox of, wait, if all intelligent life will accelerate and fill up the galaxy, why don't we see anything? Well, because they all destroy themselves.
1: That's interesting. I, I, so, um, like the, the possibility that AI... Kills humanity in a thousand years, like uh, our own doing, kind of thing. Like, um,
0: well, it's a natural course of things. Is is one way to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how any exponential curve ends, right?
1: It's interesting. So. I'm trying to think like if uh, if we're trying to like now like think about like the rules of optimization kind of thing, just like some very introductory premises. Like a, 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 like can we just preserve humanity? Like that that's that's an optimization for humanity. Um but then we get into like prisoner's dilemma and iRobot And it's like, uh, that, that, that still doesn't necessarily work.
0: It's one of those things where this, this problem is here and it's here today. That's kind of the issue. And, you know, just like the asteroid that's barreling down at, at us and don't look up, it's on yeah. its way, you know, the, yeah. The check is in the mail, but it's a matter of, okay, what do we do now? Like, do we care or do we just enjoy the ride? And there's a handful of outcomes and only a few of them might be the ones that we think are sensible for humans. For example, you know, one outcome is the one that we've been mentioning where you end up in this prisoner dilemma to the point where we just end up sacrificing all humans and humans are not right so another outcome is we figure out how to align ourselves uh but at that point you're gonna have these ai that are far more intelligent than us what, what does that mean for humanity at that point uh, a few things right this pulls this kind of turns the circle from the earliest com earlier conversation are the ai developing a form of consciousness and then do we just kind of say, hey, you're a much better version of humans. How about, you know, you guys just take over, we'll take the back seat, and you spread our goals and values forward, right? Just like how at the end of the day, no human alive today is going to, or this has been true up until now, no human ever alive has lived, you know, past 120 years. What we've done is we've passed down all of our morality and values yeah. and to the next generation. Well, is that the next step? We just pass it down to the AI and let them hopefully do what we think is in our best interest, realizing that we can't fully control our kids. It's up to them to, you know, make, take over the planet and do what they think is in the best interest of civilization. Maybe That's a good that... point,
1: because I think the way that AI learns, all of the inputs are from humans. Mm-hmm
0: currently yes yeah and at some point um look it is very easy to realize if we don't destroy ourselves the ai is just going to do everything we can do but much better so we we may not be left to do anything that is um for example in the traditional sense constructive right meaning yeah there may not be a need to have a career or an education to make money and stuff like that. Yeah. Really what existence might turn out to be is, or where all meaning may potentially end up coming from is just the subjective experience of being a human. That's it. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, the point of existing is to experience things and nothing else beyond that because everything else beyond that is taken care of by the robots. Yeah. So at that point, yeah, but we just focus on that and the robots do whatever they're going to do with the hope that they you know they either have our best interests and keep us around or we instill our best interests in them and they continue forward
1: i i, I i'm glad you fit it. i, I can't wrap it like i'm glad that's a good optimistic take especially I like, I like the analogy of passing on wisdom to the next generation like there's just humanity's been doing that forever and if ai is that next generation can we pass on wisdom right
0: and, and you know what happens to humans at that point or do we just merge with the ais and um we subjectively experience what they experience do they develop consciousness and therefore hey that there's these conscious beings that are better than us we we can You know kind of let them words what would i I don't want to end on the good notes i'll turn it good at the (laughs) end but what would really suck is we develop these ai they don't end up having a form of consciousness they're just doing things that for the sake of doing things, right and they realize humans don't exist so they continue on for billions and billions of years doing whatever they think is important but they don't experience anything. They don't have a sense of consciousness. So that, huh. that that's likely the outcome we want to avoid. But the, the other two I, I think make sense, you know, having some version of ourselves continue onward and experiencing things going forward.
1: So it's like with humanity, like you 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 teach them how to care. And with toddlers, like one of the first things to talk about is, is the the golden rule, like doing to others as you would have them do it to you. Like, I-, I wonder, can you, can you apply that to an AI somehow?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, we're not going to solve the answer, but again, it comes back yeah. to, you got to do that to all of them, right? You got to every single, right. You
1: got to get, get See, it. So that I, don't nothing think, I think we just it. need the vast majority.
0: Well, it it, it depends. D- does it take one bad actor to you know one rotten apple to spoil the barrel?
1: Uh, I, history says no. <laughs> but there's still lots and lots of apples. Uh,
0: great filter says yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like it's that's why I say like it's almost like what's the what's our long term now <laughs> is it 10 years 100 years 1000 years or a million years that that's that's a totally different conversation for every day like will humans still be around in a million years yeah 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 that that's that's why like that i think that's a succinct way of of phrasing it is that we it could be AI is the cause. We don't know that, but it could be. But just the idea of will humans as a whole are we like s- self damaging enough that we won't be around a million years, or is there an optimism that we will be? And whatever the answer to that question is, probably the same as the answer to like, will AI kill us or not? that's
0: hard to say
1: yeah okay I, I, I'm I'm okay leaving it there
0: <laughs> sure well uh, we, we've opened plenty of cans of words yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: well now that's what I'm thinking. like will humans be around in a million years but, yeah okay because uh, I think that it might have been the time machine, but I think there's something else. Where like humans evolve over that time frame to be like just conscious orbs. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a long time. Like, do we need bodies at that point?
0: Probably not. I mean, you know, once you're once you just focus on subjective experience, you can be in any body you want. And, yeah. yeah let's be a cat for today or a butterfly or...
1: like you probably still need some form of like energy input
0: yeah could but, just be uh, front
1: sun- could be sunlight though like plants yeah. have done that
0: yeah i mean i'm sure there's this oh i i don't know if we're gonna wrap this, <laughs> like, <laughs> going down this.
1: maybe tbd
0: <laughs> okay
1: okay <laughs> Do you want to try do you want to, try, like, go and give that one quick little thought? We'll, we'll finish. Even, no matter what it is, we'll, we'll, we'll end up to this.
0: Okay. What, what, there's this whole notion of the singularity, right? We, we may have talked about this before, but I, I think it's uh, Kurzweil who put this up. He had a prediction in the next 20 or 40 years, something like this. AIs and humans and technology are going to merge together, and we're going to be all one consciousness. And um, that changes everything. And it's not... A million years from now, it's literally within our lifetime.
1: Okay, we'll we'll uh, let you stew on that. <laughs> right. This, uh, I, I it was a great conversation, but I don't have the like normal positive feelings I have after our great conversations. But it wasn't it wasn't truly pessimistic either, so. It was, It was a good one. It was solid, very thought provoking. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, thanks Aaron for the conversation. I I think, you know, we're not necessarily here to solve every problem, but maybe just where raising awareness is enough. You know, the fact that this could be an issue that we might want to think about, you know, is something that hopefully this episode got across. So yeah. Thanks for the conversation, Aaron. And thanks everybody for, listening and watching and if you have any feedback leave a comment send a um a upvote or subscribe and thanks bye bye
1: we appreciate you joining us today for this episode of the mind money spectrum podcast be sure to visit mindmoneyspectrum.com to access the entire library of episodes remember It's not black and white, but the wide spectrum of gray area where you get to pursue the freedoms you want in life. Opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical as no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested in directly. Have a nice day.